Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 42 of the Coffee Club podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, a new roommate, actually, Mr. Yared Nagus. Yared, how you doing? I've been doing pretty good, Morgan. Pretty how good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Yared literally got here yesterday. Yesterday. Rolled night. in, got in the house. We're very happy to have him here. Went for his first run with the gang this morning. How was it? It was pretty good. I didn't get totally dropped, so... So yeah. it's a good start with a group. And the boys are feeling a little spicy today. Yard and I were out the back. Mm. I think most of the people are in kind of their taper phase now, so people are starting to feel a little too good on their easy runs. A little too good, I reckon, yeah. <laughs> but nah, obviously that's kind of what you want at this time. But, yeah, just rolling into it. So not too much obviously happened this past week, being the week after all the national championships. But one race that, that did happen was the Sound Running Sunset Tour, UA Sunset Tour, I should say. Uh, and that's where I competed. I opened my season up. On the podcast last week, I think I gave a 65% chance that I was going to race it. And I would say after the podcast, I would have actually put those odds lower because I think Ritz really wasn't sure about it because it's one of those races, and this is the reality of a lot of pro races, you don't necessarily know exactly who's going to race. It's like not super reliable, especially for one like that. So we didn't even know what the field was until, honestly... I got there because the field was announced two days before it, but it wasn't the field that ended up showing up there. It was on the line, really. Yeah, so we weren't sure, but at the end of the day, Ritz was like, screw it, let's just do it. We've been training for a long time. No matter what, this is going to be a good you know, opportunity to just start. Got to start somewhere. So we're going to do a race recap, but Ollie's going to do it for I'm going to do it because I feel like Morgan has been doing a lot of race recaps for George and I, which has been very lovely of him. But yeah. now it's our turn. So I'm going to take this one. Um, so, yeah, Morgan coming in to this race, we're all pretty uh, excited for him. But he's actually getting in some pretty solid weeks of training. So we, we were really uh, interested to see where he was going to be. Um, we were expecting, like, some people to turn up, and they just didn't. Because, like, obviously, yeah, U.S. champs and a lot of other championships around, people just obviously probably resting and didn't want time to, to, to go down to L.A. and race. But Morgan went down. Um, the trip cost him little hefty coin but it was worth it he uh he really enjoyed it and uh watching those uh races we watched it in with avery on tv he was streaming it on his discord it's oh, pretty yeah. cool uh we've got some fans just live chatting about morgan in the race which is always sweet we was i think the pacing was supposed to go through in 155 and morgan was letting me know after the race he was like yeah i was feeling really good at 300 like really relaxed and confident I was like wow this is 155 pace and then you looked at the clock and it was 45 seconds yeah uh, at 300 through the 300 and you're like oh shit that's why it feels good yeah i gotta uh, i gotta say something about the paces so it was sam ellis who you guys might know because he came third in ncaa's yeah. and he's super good princeton he's transferring to UW. And I was hanging out with him before it. He's super chill, super cool guy, but he raced the 800. Like that's what he went in there to do was primarily to race the 800. And the 800 was literally the race before the 1500. So it was 20 minutes and he raced his 800 and then he was throwing up. <laughs> he walks over and he's like, yeah, like I'm gonna give him my best, but I just threw up. So like, <laughs> so like if, if I'm not quite on it, that's why. And yeah, so we went through in 45 and I could see him look, he looked at the clock because that was the first split he got, and then from there, yeah. Yeah, he took a, he took a bit of a surge, and uh, Jack Anstey, other Aussie from UA, it was a UA meet, uh, he took it, and then like it kind of went with the pace from there, but it was yeah. a bit slower than expected. But Morgan uh, looked pretty great. 
I'd have to say. It looks very much like the old Morgan. Uh, very, very classy, very, very beautiful. Beautiful running stride, similar to George. It's very pretty over the ground and uh, comes through. I think you took the lead with a lap to go. I did, but I think yeah. I took it with 500 to go. Maybe can you can you tell me what was going through your head there? Yeah, I was trying to do my best Ollie Hoare and just run from the front. I, I felt good. It was it was a race where I felt simultaneously pretty good and pretty bad. At the same time? At the same time. I was like, okay, so this is racing. Feels fine. I've done this a lot of times before. But then, yeah, like the actual pure pain side of it, where you're really, really pushing to that level, I just literally haven't done that in so long. So I was feeling that, but... I, that's kind of what I wanted to feel so I was okay with being at the front it was beautiful like such nice conditions I have mm. to say I don't know if I've told you guys this yet but I've shit on LA a lot <laughs> in my time because when we went there in college just the worst trips ever you're just staying in a food desert next to a highway and it's just terrible this trip completely changed my perspective on LA I was actually staying in a cool part of town and I had I rented a car so I could drive around to restaurants and stuff. I think LA might be my favorite city in the U.S. now. Or it's gone least, from one end to the other. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally, like it's right up there because it was just, just so beautiful. It completely so, changed. It was your so life. nice for running. So the conditions were good. So yeah, I felt fine. I was like, man, it doesn't. I don't really care. Like I just want to have like a solid run, and I felt good just, about you just leading to push it as well. Yeah. So yeah, and I didn't have the nice like kick that i feel like i want to have on the last lap especially with 300 to go i feel like i can wind it up pretty good yeah but yeah so i kind of thought i would have that so that's why i went to the front early because i was feeling pretty good you looked really good it's just um you kind of went to the front and then looked like you were kind of taking control of the race but jack anstey and this other individual i can't didn't he's a japanese runner i can't remember he was he was right there too and then i think jack tried to go around you they both went around you on the back straight and then with 200 to go, you just got in perfect position and then just uh, did a classic Morgan finish and uh, won that race. And me and Avery were making sure that there's no way Morgan's not winning this race in this position. This is like Wisconsin old days of just making sure you're in the right spot and just bam, zip. Zip. Yeah, I mean, through like, for 339. 339, it was solid. Uh, I kind of looking back, I'm like, I don't know if I should have let those guys go around me. But at the same time, I could tell when they were going around me that I had a couple more gears yeah. and I was like alright I can just go in behind them and then leave it for the last 100 and it was actually did you guys see where the start line is on this track yeah so for anyone who didn't see it it's the most oval shaped track that I've ever run on the bends must be 130 meters the straights are extremely short so the start line's really far back so yeah by the time I got around to the straight it's like not even that it's like 70 meters left in the race and you just kick kick home for it and it was actually pretty close like jack mm. Anty was like right on me and he, he's pretty good so he's been running great he's having a, a great uh he ran 356 55 in a mile he won a mile uh a little while ago so no he's he's been running really well coming off world indoors and uh putting down some results but morgan mcdonald he's yeah, back he's back baby <laughs> nice little nice little dub there um very exciting for me and i know our team in particular morgan's been training really hard behind the scenes and like giving a lot of support to the team so it's nice to be able to dish that back and be able to support him for that first dub of the, the year you've opened up your season in july i'll take it yeah let's I'll do take it. it what's what next what's next well yeah i'll be back at 
LA at Oxy the same track to race a 5k in two weeks so well less than two weeks honestly like yeah. one week so well, we'll talk 15th. about that in the yeah, pods leading up but yeah, yeah he's, that's not just one and done he's coming he's coming for it all and I think that one will be a really solid field apparently Conor Mance is going to be in it so oh really that's going to be probably a really hard race it's probably going to be quick yeah I was ha- it was it was a I was pretty lonely because none of the teammates were there <laughs> but I was kind of happy Dathan wasn't there because then I didn't have to do a post-race workout because I know he would have made me do one 100% and as soon as I finished the race my feet felt like so bad like in terms of my Achilles stuff that I was dealing with I was like I just want to be done and then um, yeah so I didn't have to do that which was nice but for you well done like, no, no post-race workout yeah it's a nice weekend yeah no it was sweet we just like I was hanging out with Ed Trippis and of course Craig Ingles was there Craig Wright Angles? Yeah. It, it was crazy. Yeah, he told me he's, he hasn't run the steps since April. So he's been pretty injured, unfortunately. But Well, um, that moustache and mullet looks fantastic. So he's been working on something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we hung out after and I was like, yeah, these are good vibes. Like the vibes of just when you finish the race and... Super chill. You just chill out. And obviously I'm someone who goes to bed early normally. But after a race, it's like, it just doesn't matter. You just hang out and just in, actually enjoy the night, you know? So You, you, you went out, didn't you? Went to like a little party. I, I little party, guys. A little party. <laughs> little party. Just a little it, one. It was. I got tired pretty quick, so I didn't do anything too crazy. But uh, yeah, it was. It was just a good vibe. Just that post race feeling. I just hadn't had that post race feeling in a very long time. So yeah. that was sweet. Almost so nostalgic. Yeah, great, great trip. I'm excited to just keep going, keep building on that throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, one other thing that did happen at the meet is I had a slightly awkward interaction with an amazing runner, mm. Abby Cordwell. And this is something that has been blowing up a little bit on social media today for Australian athletes because it's just ridiculous what happened. So for people that don't know, she's the Australian 1500-meter women's champ, and she also has the world champs qualifier. So for so she's run 404. For anyone who does... 404. She's not run 403? I think 404. Well, she's run one of those two. Okay. And the standard's 405, right? Yeah. So she's run the standard, and... It was like, it was the first time I met her. I was like, hey, what's up? Uh, good to see you running so well. Like, what are you doing? You're just getting ready for Wilds? And she was like, oh, they didn't select me. And I was like, what? Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. The way it works with Australia is we have a Nationals. And if you win Nationals and you have the qualifier, your automatic selection. That's why Ollie went back and raced it. Like, honestly, Ollie probably didn't need to. Looking at it now, yeah. The rules, the rules had so the rule apparently had changed. So usually, the Australian national championships, they give you the auto spot if you have the time. And Abby went back. She beat some pretty good girls. She beat Georgia Griffith and Lyndon, Lyndon Hall, who are actually going to the World Championships. She beat them at the national championships, and then a couple of weeks later, she ran the standard. Um, usually, that tells you she's in. Um, most other countries and federations have that rule. But the recent change in the Athletics Australia rules apparently was that you had to have the standard before the Australian Championships to get the auto spot. Yeah, and we're, but no one knew about that rule. Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know about that rule. Yeah, I mean, I obviously read the criteria, and I didn't know about that because it's never been like that before. It's just if you get the time at any point in the period, and you win nationals, automatic. And that's it's crazy. Like it's very complicated, and I mean, it's like it's political as well. Super political. Ways. There was statements coming out from her coach, for example, saying that he asked actual selectors if she was automatic, and they told him yes. I mean, I also thought she was, and the only thing that was preventing her from being an auto pick was the standard, and she got that a couple of weeks later. So she's twenty years old. 
21 now, I think. She's 21, like yeah. very young, rising star in Australia, and to win your national championships and have the standard and then not be sent to your world, the world championships is like pretty big sting. Like that it must be sucks. hard to deal with. I could be wrong, but I feel like I remember Athletics Australia posting that thing like where they, right after she won like the big selection post that Ollie got with like the border around they say like saying, qualified yeah or like qualified or like yeah. they hold like a plane ticket last year for the yeah, Tokyo for the or whatever I swear she got one of them yeah I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking I'm looking down now to see if we can find it yeah is this normally what like Ollie got a post right after pretty much right after he crossed the line like ticket punched or something yeah I guess hers probably wouldn't because she didn't have the time at that point yeah you're probably right but it's, it's just it just sucks because it's like it just stuff like that just makes you really angry at your federation you just like lose hope and she's so young and she deserves well so this is the thing we're not taking anything away from the team that they are sending because it's absolutely it's without a doubt the best Australian team like women's 1500 team that's ever been sent it's Jess Hall which is obviously you're going to send Jess Lyndon Hall you, like you kind of got to send her as well and then Georgia Griffith who's run four or five this season is like they're all so amazing but it's just if you win nationals and you have the standard and you get the standard later you think you're getting picked but like what's really bad about it is the lack of information like the lack of clarity i think this is what happens and actually there was a somewhat similar situation with new zealand with the 800 runners i'm not sure how that ended up but there's when there's miscommunications because the thing is all of us our big goal for the year is to qualify for worlds and so we base our seasons we base where we travel and the races we do generally around being able to qualify so i'm sure if she knew that she had to compete more for like that spot if she had to run a little bit quicker like she would have made some different decisions with the races that she did and all that i'm sure she thought that she was just locked automatic and and then it came as a surprise so that's just like that's what's so annoying about because if if everyone had known about that this was the way it was going to be six months ago then it's not as bad like it's still weird that this they would make that change this year apparently it's a new thing it's weird that they would make that change but the fact that people that it has a massive impact on don't know about it is what really sucks i feel like she had she'd based her whole season on that i think she came to the states and i think in her first race she got the standard Mm -hmm. at mount sack Mm -hmm. where she just beat all those girls by like 50 meters and she's like, all right, locked in. Now I can just like prep for it. Go to flag stuff and train. She, yeah, and then she, she went up to flag. Like three or three or two seconds on um, Danny Jones in like the last fifty meters. Yeah, that a bunch race. of other good people. And but like a bunch yeah. of it's just really amazing. That's the thing. There's, there's definitely a disconnect between you know federations and athletes with the fine print. Like the New Zealand one, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure on the information, but there were two 800 runners that were conditionally selected back in April, which meaning they were kind of in the rankings. And as long as they kept that ranking and through the end of the period, then they'd get selected. But then it seemed like one of them was told that if he won the Oceania champs, then he would get auto-selected because it's a like a a nomination meet or something. I can't remember the name of it. You get nominated if you win Oceania. So. Yeah, like a world selection meet or something. And then the other guy was told that he'd have to go chase the time in Europe. So one of them went to Australia... To some tiny town in the middle of nowhere with Mackay, 25 people. Mackay, Queensland. And won the Oceania Champs in 153 Yeah, the Oceania Champs is not a very hotly no. contested It's meet. not Europeans, it's not even <laughs> yeah, like it's not North a big America. deal. It's really bad. <laughs> and the other guy 
went to Europe and has been crushing 145.3 races, like 0.1 of a second off the, the, the standard. Yeah. The standard. And the more end of the story, they both ended up getting selected. So, well, New Zealand kind of did the right thing to now. them. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was interesting that one of them was going to Australia and running a super easy race, and one of them was going to Europe and racing like every four days trying to get the standard. Yeah. And just misinformation there sent those two athletes into yeah. different directions. Whereas, like, that's one thing I do give credit to the US. Their selection policy, very simple. Yeah. Um, and I think it's obviously it's easy people would say it's easy to say that because USA is such a powerhouse and like you have to be top three really in the in the nation apart, apart, apart from, from the 1500 apart from this year, <laughs> this year. except yeah. for the 1500 but for most most of the time like 90 it's pretty time, basic it's, it's pretty, pretty basic pretty straightforward like if you're top three you usually have the standard and you're going um with australia with the selection policy here it's just like Whenever it's discretion. Yeah, it's just hard because the athletes need to know more information and sometimes they find out the information when it's too late or they just don't have the the luxury of getting that information um, at the right time. So it's very, very tough. As an Australian, particularly as somebody who, with the Olympics, made a decision to not go home for the trials, to not do the quarantine, to, to do race after race after race to prove yourself and be terrified of not getting selected, like... I obviously did. I got through and was able to get selected, but I know the stress and the anxiety that she just went through, and yeah. then to to have that result, it's just very very hard. Um, yeah. To deal with so there's someone at the door. Gus is saying hello. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just yeah, it's just tough. Like I don't know how to re- like I know how to react to it. I'm pretty upset. Yeah. It's now, just, except for her it's because just she's annoying. yeah young talent who's not going to world champs yeah. I think the good thing is she is 21 so hopefully she'll make a lot of teams in the future hopefully she just just kills it just one sub four every race and then just wins the trial like the trials again it's like well I've done like what, what, what are you going to do not yeah. pick me again yeah that's how you hope they yeah. respond she is going to the com games which is pretty cool and that will be a great opportunity for her to crush yeah. it but I think we all know that world champs is a bit more of a pinnacle yeah that's that's just higher level competition so yeah. that's that's the preferred one and yeah so and, she's, and, and she deserves to be there she deserves to be there and nothing against the three girls that australia is sending to oregon because those three girls are four minute 1500 minute girls. they're amazing amazing talent it's just the selection policy is with it's just it was a i think it was just badly done yeah, we got to go back and read that because... To, to make sure we <laughs> don't make, get... Well, yeah, well, we got to... Yeah, information also just comes out crazy and you have to get it from the source, so... It's weird thinking that before you get on a plane to Australia, go back to your national champs, you've got to comb the fine print to make sure that it's even worth going all the way back. Well, the fact that the selectors themselves didn't even <laughs> know because apparently they told her coach that she was automatic just makes you be like, what, what, is, what is going on here? Yeah. And then we know, obviously, there's some there's some more influential figures that like in athletics australia that have like stuff at stake and then you that's just what it really annoys you that's just what frustrates you it's like i mean it's not like i guess you wouldn't say it's corrupt or would you say i don't know it's just like it's bad it puts a bad taste in your mouth it it, sometimes it could be classified as a corrupt but i don't think you could i don't know i don't know if we should go that far it's not dramatic but i don't think we can go that far it's just more or less the selection policy was the way it is, but the athlete's information on that selection policy was not widespread. Yeah. Because I didn't know about it. And I feel like I, Dathan as well in particular, like checks the front print to make sure that we are hitting the qualifications to make sure that we get the selection uh, to those teams. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to get noise. And I'm interested to see how Athletics Australia will uh, 
answer to yeah, they the questions of a lot of people that are upset about it. Yeah, well, because she did appeal and then the appeal got denied. So I guess that's, I don't know if they feel like they should say anything more because there's not really much to, to say. say. Yeah. But yeah, was that weird for you, Yared, when you were in the post-race at USA's when people were like, wait, who actually qualified? Yeah, they really kept telling me like, you might get questions about like qualifying for Worlds. And I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, saw, I, saw your, I saw your response, which your response was like, incredibly mature yeah, yeah it was just like because i i didn't feel like i had done anything to really earn a spot on that team so if they had just like kind of given that to me anyway i would have felt just like you know i wasn't really giving the u.s the best shot to like really do their best at worlds like that so i yeah. mean definitely like another year i want to like do my best and if the race had turned out different i'd gotten like fourth or something that might i might felt a little bit better about it but yeah just with the race i had it didn't really make sense to go out and do that so that's kind of what i was saying in all those interviews when everyone kept asking me about it yeah i was like really impressed with how you responded to that because mm. yeah i feel like not many people would be like that no, <laughs> no people like, people don't feel the world <laughs> <laughs> take me to worlds baby i'm coming home <laughs> but yeah so that's that i mean it's just frustrating and yeah i guess it's just a reminder to that we all have to do everything like for us where it's a decision to go home every year I think we just need to make sure that we always need to read the fine print and do everything we can to not leave it up to chance, I guess. So Definitely not. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, I hope all the girls compete amazingly for the rest of the year because they all are amazing people mm. and athletes. But in particular, Abby, I hope she goes and crushes it. That would be very cool to see. Maybe there's a bit of a fire there now and she'll, she'll run something fast. She'll just come games. Yeah. yeah. She'll just go I mean, and get after it, you know? Who, she she would be, I'm sure. One of the favorites. Yeah, like a medal contender. I mean, yeah, Com Games is uh, I, Com Games 1500 Faith. is going to be pretty stacked, it actually. <laughs> it is really stacked. Faith think from about Kenya, it. The, yeah. the classic Olympic champ. Yeah, but I mean, she can... I mean, she's proven herself many times to be amazing so far this year so hopefully she can keep that going yeah but coming back to worlds it's actually not that far away which is crazy i think this time of year it always sneaks up on you when you get this little lull and you're like all right i have all this time to relax and train and you do that for one week and then you do that for two weeks and then you're like oh shit worlds is next week <laughs> and that's pretty much crazy where, that's pretty much where we are i think it's two weeks away starts on the I think Six, it's Liz. 16th. Joe, I think Joe, Joe is talking about it today. He's like, yeah, I'm racing next Sunday. Ten I was days. like, what? Ten that days. is crazy. <laughs> next Sunday? Are you kidding me? So We are also like in the country where it's been hosted, so it's kind of a different feeling. Usually you're like on training camp or like somewhere else in the world getting getting ready for it, whereas for us, we're just at, at home training. Like we're in our backyard. <laughs> we're, just, we're in our backyard, mate. We're just in our backyard. We're just hanging around. How many Gus? Just chilling. Well, it's, it's interesting because for us in particular – we came off some pretty amazing racing and then you're like okay now prepare for worlds and then all of a sudden it's like literally yeah next next week joe and joe goes off so it's hey so do you and me oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> same day don't forget about yourself no, I the same the, day I the, yeah. yeah always on the 16th yeah 17th, no I'm, I'm, I'm repressing it yeah um no it's it's crazy i mean i think i guess we can go through like what the training's been like for us leading into worlds for me it's been pretty tapered actually um haven't been running but then i look at the mileage it's like 78 to 81 miles still so still still, still a solid amount of mileage but the workouts are definitely more intense more sharpening up um we hit we're finally hitting speed work guys finally <laughs> about time i've been 
telling Ritz, can I hit speed work? And it's going to be two weeks out from Worlds. It's like, oh, we'll hit some speed work. So yeah. the only time we're allowed to do those if we did strength in the morning. Exactly. That's that was true. the only time That's we were allowed to do only time we can speed work. go to speed work is if we did some strength work in the morning. Yeah. But my training's been going well. Been tapering um, what have to your, 78, what have your, like, miles. What have your key workouts been? Uh, I did that uh, workout. I did that 3 three by one k workout. It was a weird workout though, because I didn't think it was very impressive. But then Dathan keeps saying that it was pretty good. What'd you do for it? Um, so it was three by one k in uh, three twenty nine, three twenty nine, three twenty eight. You mean two? Uh, two twenty nine, two twenty nine, <laughs> two twenty eight. Yeah, it's a little more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that workout. Um, and then the workout that I did with George and Joe, like a bit of it, was two by two k for me. They did three by two k. I did two by two K and it was one lap on 62, one lap on 72, except we started going way quicker because Jordy and Joe were definitely feeling it, feeling the uh, the pulse and the the fire of, of working out. So we actually did like maybe 60, 59 on the ons and then on the offs, off laps, it was like 72, 73. Um, and then I would do a 600, 400, 200. I did a 123, 55, 26 low. And then I have an 800 meter time trial tomorrow yeah. tomorrow so that's your what, that's probably your big final that's my best my yeah see like all my confidence going to world champs is going to be depending if i can run 144 <laughs> um if i can't run 144 then i'm just gonna like scratch you're gonna forget the last eight months of being fit yeah it'll just it's, like, be, it's just yeah. dependent on this one workout if i if i run really bad in this 800 i'm like a 357 guy in the mile so like yeah it'll it'll just all crumble it all hangs in the balance it all hangs tomorrow. in the balance on this 800 time trials how i like gain my uh if i'm good or not what is the goal for it he hasn't told me. Do you know if you are you trying to just run as quick as you can? Are you trying to go out a certain lap and then close as quick as I you think can? He's Definitely he, negative split. He's negative trying split. negative split. It seems like the only information he's given Ollie. And, and then he's also said that he wants it out in 28, which means that I'm going to be negative splitting the Whoa. shit out of that round. Because that's before Worlds, I mean, Olympics, sorry, you did, was it a 1K? A 1K in 30, 29, 28, 27, 26. Yeah, it's that crazy. was crazy. Cool. And you actually crushed that. Yeah. Carlos, two weeks credit, Carlos Villarreal did great pacing there as yeah. well as... He jumped in and helped um, the boys pace that 3K, right? Yeah, he had a yeah. great pacing he had a, day. He had a great pacing day, and we thought Carlos was back, so... Yeah. Oh, what is similar to that. Yeah, yeah he, he wants, I think, one of us to take it out in 28 or something, so... He doesn't trust Charles. <laughs> oh, yeah, Charles is also doing it. Charles. Uh, our our Luxembourg 1,500-meter runner from on, he is also here training hard. Getting ready for Worlds. Getting ready for Worlds. He's really good. But, yeah, Jordy, how's your training been going? Because you haven't really tapered back, have you? You've been still running some high mileage. For yeah, you, for you personally. Well, it's been nice that we're, this is like the longest we've both been back in Boulder. Mm. I feel like, like for a few weeks at a time. Yeah, we actually like in nice. one place at once. You know, it's nice. But it's hard to taper when you already run less. That's what I feel like. Dathan is looking at my training like he's like, oh, he already doesn't run enough. So yeah. I guess we'll just leave him there. Everyone else is doing, like, Ollie. Well, Joe runs like twenty miles for long, long runs mm. in the fall, and now he's running fifteen, which is like five less than he normally does. I run 15 max, but now I'm just still doing 15 because apparently I'm not, can't do any less than that. And then I think your doubles come down a little bit. I'm just still running the same amount. What's your double still? Double runs for people listening at home? We normally do 14. 14. So that's 10 and 4. 10 and 4 normally. But 9 now and 5, something like that. Now for me, it's 12. Yeah, I, I just haven't moved yet. Yeah. But I am only running five days a week, so... Yeah, Jordy uh, takes two days off with a ta- like he just tapes his whole mouth and uh, <laughs> nose, and then he just sits in the room for like a whole day. That's his like other day of training. You get so fit doing that though. I mean, you were purple once, and I thought, wow, 
the blood's really circulating around your forehead. Dude, just wait. Morgan's just finished uh, Breathe. Yeah. Like the, the book about it all. So, <laughs> Do we want to get into that? That's a, that's a deep hole to get into. <laughs> that, that could be a whole episode. Yeah. It is a sweet book. It's some crazy... I, I, I am the type of person that does want to try some of the crazy shit in it. Because obviously... So it's a book all about breathing. About how we're really bad at breathing. Uh, just the way we've evolved as of recent. And the start of it, most of it is pretty tame, but then towards the end, there's some more extreme stuff that people do to like have like out of body experiences or even just for health. I want to try like the one where they do like carbon dioxide therapy, where they just expose themselves to a ton yeah. of carbon dioxide and it's apparently it's extremely painful. Isn't that called smoking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just smoking a pack of cigarettes? Yeah. I think that's <laughs> you go in a room that is like yeah. all carbon dioxide. And so you, you like, take, would die you if like you a, stayed there too long. You or take you a pull. You take a pull of the carbon you dioxide, and then you like choke for like you yeah. can't breathe for like twenty seconds. Like you, you're like dying for twenty seconds, and then you come back. <laughs> All right, me and Yara, <laughs> me and Yara are gonna do our own thing. You two can do yeah. the carbon dioxide shit. Me and Yara are gonna. I'm very good at breathing. Yeah. I guess. yeah. <laughs> me, me and Yara can enjoy oxygen, and you two can enjoy your carbon dioxide training because that yeah. does not sound like this a thing. You might think you're good at breathing, and then you read the book, and you're like, wow. I'm be doing so wrong. bad at. I mean, I've, I've never thing. claimed that I'm good at breathing. Well, Yara just I'm gonna yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I stand by what I say. I mean, I, I, I believe Yard already. Yeah. So. yeah, I don't know, but it's it's very very interesting, and I think I would definitely recommend it as just a read at least for for everyone. It's interesting because it's so anecdotal. Obviously, it doesn't line up with a lot of modern medicine, but then you think about how fucked up modern like the health system is and you're like well maybe maybe there is a good reason to question a lot of what happens so um i don't know i'll, I'll probably fall for anything though i reckon i could like join a cult and shit so you've already I, joined a cult breathing cult yeah i don't know if i'm a good uh reference point but i would definitely recommend it's also very enjoyable to read as well it's it's a informational book but it's like very good easy read sorry that was a little aside back to yeah back to worlds back to training <laughs> i think that was it i I've been doing a little bit less with Ollie than kind of normal. I feel like we spent from like the fall through almost all of the winter and the spring doing pretty much everything together. But yeah. I feel like you've definitely been veering off. I've been pushed recently. The, I've been pushed aside. You've been doing some speed work finally. Yeah, do a little bit faster stuff. Um, and I've been doing a bit more with Joe and 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 Morgan recently, <laughs> which has been cool. Let's the go. week the week before Morgan's big dub. Me and Morg did a whole workout together, and yeah, would have and no 800 time trial for clicks Mix and I. Tomorrow we just have a big workout, some six four two sets. That's almost that's pretty oh. much speed work for Ritz. That is speed work for Ritz. That is like the the token speed work that's, session. That's his main speed one. Yeah. I remember doing that. But what I find really interesting about the training that well, the way Ritz has changed the training for George and Joe is he's just chucked in a couple of sessions, which are sessions that I've never done before. And so the one that George and I did together last week was a 2,400-meter 2, rep where you do a big cut down from 72 down to 62, so you drop two seconds each lap. And then the other big one, which they did, which was kind of similar in terms of its uniqueness, was the one that Ollie mentioned where George and Joe did 3x2K mm -hmm. doing 72 and 62 alternating that i find that style of training really cool it's, yeah, it's very fun it's like it mentally it's mentally so much more challenging than regular training or whatever you want to call it and i feel like that's actually really good prep for racing like i think it definitely is yeah 
I mean, there's you can get some pretty inconsistent laps in those world champs, I feel like. Not that I've ever been in one, but watching them, like big surges, kind of big moves getting made. And, I mean, it's nice on our team that there were kind of four of us doing that workout. So you kind of only had to take, like, one hard lap each. But it was definitely kind of a different... Had to have a different view on, on the workout. Like, yeah. almost the easy lap you almost had to focus more on. Like, the second easy lap was almost attention. the hardest lap. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. But I think it's cool just to change stuff up that and that's like the unique stuff rather than just i guess there are also the sessions where you're just absolutely crushing it like you have you have a big 1k session coming up as well right are you doing the same 1k session i think so yeah that's a pretty big session we got i don't know i got five by 1k at 237 that's what it says i assume that's your workout and then i'll just do as good of it as i can Cause that's that's the motto with uh, Rich's training though. It's like you do as best you can, and then you see what happens. My best. I mean, giving Yarrett a good insight so of like what what workouts are like with the team is just like sometimes you're just thinking, "Wow, this is ridiculous." Yeah. Other times you're like, "That session's kind of easy," and yeah. then you realize it's way harder than what it is. There are some nice ones where you are sticking a thresholding, like, "All right, this is a chill one." But this time of year, it's it's like every time we're going to the track, and, guns firing, and half of them are yeah. pretty hard. I I look at the workouts that Ollie is doing and. I love watching Ollie work out because he's so chill. He, when George and I had that workout we did together, Ollie had another big speed one where he was running. Oh, the 400 200 workout. Yeah. 400 200 yeah, and eight sets. I forgot about that work. That was a really good workout, actually. That was a really good one. And Ollie barely did any strides before, I don't think. And he just no, I just got straight, I went straight into <laughs> it. Rather than your first 400 was what, like a 56 or something? 56, yeah. Yeah, so that's the type of stuff that Ollie can crush right now. I mean, I guess that's kind of what. I mean, he's a 347 miler, so. You're going to think that you're going to be doing some well, impressive I was, stuff. but I, I feel like, as well, when I'm by myself, I usually have bad impulses. Like, I just want to get it done. Whereas <laughs> if, if I'm with, like, Joe and um, George and Morgan, like, they're doing their strides, doing, the, like, the appropriate lead-up to a workout, and I'm usually standing around, and Ritz is like, go to a stride, what are you doing? And yeah. I just, like, go to a stride, and I'd actually feel a lot better. So I should be doing those things. Like, I don't encourage it, but I'm just, sometimes I can just be, like, Avery, I'm a bit lazy yeah um but yeah no like the workouts we've been hitting have been pretty awesome and joe and alicia as well obviously we can't speak for them but i've been watching them and they're just killing it right now their 10k is gonna be pretty exciting for them i know uh, joe's feeling good joe <laughs> joe is red hot right now i don't think i've ever seen joe he's like peak peak clucker right now what does that mean like he's like he's like gonna evolve <laughs> like, like a pokemon he's like gonna evolve into something his amazing. final form next thing i know he's got like a golden streak through his hair like He's just, he's in another level now, so um, I'm really excited for him. Yeah, yeah, he's, no surprise, he's been crushing workouts as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, everyone is looking really good, which is very awesome going into Wads. And, yeah, it starts in 10 next week, so mm-hmm. it's coming up real soon. So, yeah, I think from here it's just crush a couple more workouts and then chill out in between, make sure the body's feeling good, and then we take a trip to Eugene. Uh, if anyone's going to be there... So Ollie's competing in the very beginning. I'm going to be there for a few days as well, support crew, going to get treatment because our kind of like our team or whatever you want to call it, Ritz and our guy Jason are going to be there for the whole time, 12 days. Yeah. So I'm going to stop in for I think a lot of the team people will stop in for a little bit to hang out and get treatment as well. George is at the end of it. He competes on the, is it the 21st? And the Saving 20, the best for last. 20, yeah, <laughs> 21st and the 24th, I think. Yeah, it's but near the end. Yeah. Well, when do you go to Eugene, though? Are you going early as well? I'm going the same time as everyone. 
Okay. Which at this stage, unless yeah. there's like some crazy heat wave or Eugene sucks. Some sucks, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just because Ritz is going to be there, everyone else is going to be there, mm-hmm. and probably the main reason is to see Jason. Make yeah. sure the body's good the week before. Yeah. Are you going to have to be in the altitude tent then? Uh, likely, yes. Likely, yes. Ooh, juicy. Yeah. Are you going to have to be in altitude tent only? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're only going two days before. So probably yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think I'm like leaving on the 13th and at night, get in on the 14th, race on the 16th. I don't think I'll need to be in what the tent. I bet, I bet you'll be in it for a couple of hours between rounds. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't lose classic. that fitness. Um, shout out to anybody that's in Eugene. Come up and say hello to us. If you're a fan of the pod, don't be afraid. Just say, you know, good for the sport. Textbook George. Say something. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan, <laughs> harass George, actually. Um, come up and say hello. Also, I am imploring our fans, please, if you see Jakob, just call him Jingy. I just want to see what happens. Get in his head. Get in his head. head. I want to see where he's going to figure out where this jingy come from or this ingy. Yeah. And then we could get him, you know, maybe interested in the pod. But <laughs> tell, um, tell him to get ready for the McSqueeze. The McSqueeze, yeah. The, the Keith McSqueeze. Easy peasy Keith McSqueezy. Exactly. I wonder how many of our... Yeah, let us know. Our fans are going to be there because obviously it's a, it's a once in a lifetime. Well... I guess it could be another lifetime, but this is the first time Wells has ever been in the US. In the US, so, that's crazy. So this is a big deal. So I hope a lot of you guys are able to go hang out there. And my master plan is to try sneak a Mountain Dew into the into the stadium for when Ollie wins, <laughs> so then I can throw it to him <laughs> and he can have it on the, on the big. It. He can shotgun it on the big stage, and then we can get that Mountain Dew sponsorship going. It's about time. That's that's what I'm I ready. have to achieve there. So. That's a so. tough sponsorship to come by. You have to win worlds before you can get it. I, I'd say yeah. In track and field, you probably have to either win worlds or makes it all the wor- all the more oh. worth it. Makes the Dew taste so much sweeter. They do sponsor athletes, but it's all the extreme, yeah. extreme like sports Monster stuff. Energy and stuff, kind of sponsored athletes. Like cool sports, yeah. Cool yeah, sports, yeah. Know. Yeah. Running is so, not cool, apparently. Always, always going to make running, I think it's cool. running cool. I think it's cool, guys. All right, so let's, uh, let's <laughs> talk about our guest. Yeah, sorry, Yared. We didn't mean to, uh, to not include you. He's been waiting that. here patiently. <laughs> yeah, but we have, we kind of have a lot of questions for Yared, Bo, so we're just going to hang out and have a casual get to know each other because, you know, we don't, we don't really actually know Yared that well. I know him pretty well. I feel like <laughs> you guys might remember me from getting out kicked by George, but I was actually getting out kicked by Yared years ago. So, oh, um, yeah, so like Yared, Yared and I, um, I think we're com- big competitors in the 15 because I think uh, we did a lot of DMRs there. And I remember running the through, thinking, DMR, thinking, oh, I've got the win. And then obviously I see the goose come flying past <laughs> and just out lean me for the line. So um, Yared is a amazing racer um been so much fun to watch uh in the ncaa and uh when i found out that we uh we snitched the goose i was pretty excited because yeah. now we've got textbook george and the goose is loose imagine that kick down in a uh in a rep at, uh, at training gonna it's gonna be pretty wild <laughs> i don't think i would even stand a chance but um yeah yarrod is a big uh big signing for us so yeah i guess exciting i do want to ask you yeah you're the way that you're able to look like you're really hurting and then come back and out kick like everyone at the end is the most amazing thing ever how does that feel from your perspective because <laughs> from the outside it's like from the outside like i think people probably count you out and then you're like holy shit he just pulled that off yeah like honestly during a lot of those races like i'll get done and then like i'm just trying to think back and i'll just kind of like black out for like, <laughs> i'm just like i don't even know like what was going through my head during the time like i was just like 
Oh man, last one, best one. I better get going. Because <laughs> yeah. there's just something, I don't know, for me, there's only been something about like seeing the finish line and then just like some urge just comes over me to just kind of go then. So like even on like 200 meter tracks, like that's why I still don't really go until like 50 meters to go. Cause it's <laughs> like, I can't see the finish line. So it doesn't really feel like it's over quite yet. But once it's there, it's just like, oh, I'm so close. I just got to, you know. Just get it done. Just the first one that comes to mind is the the Austin one. I, that's got to be the closest finish. No, like, you, yeah. you didn't was, know you won. Right? I was convinced I lost. I was like, ah, Narts, I should have went earlier. <laughs> yeah, this is this is between mm-hmm. uh, Justin Kipertich and and Yard. And yeah. I remember rewatching it after the race, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit! How could you like if, if you're a, a fan, expect oh, you couldn't see who won. No. But I, then if you slow motion and you look at you can see yeah, it just gets the lead. It's crazy. You'd have to like pause yeah. and like it was crazy race. It's, it's crazy, crazy how many no. times you literally did that same thing. Like I'm thinking that season in particular because I was still in the NCAA then, so I was obviously paying attention a lot and I was at a lot of the same races where you were doing it because as Ollie mentioned, it happened Wisconsin went down to Notre Dame to run a DMR. It happened there. Oh, and we awesome. we put together a really good twice, we, we put together a really good team there, sir. And we both teams ran really quick. And somehow Yara pulled out there, and then you did it in the DMR at Enter the Blaze as well, which was Grant Grant Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, I mean, he's got freaking good kicks. So I think everyone was like, Jesus, that was crazy. And then you did it outdoors as well. It was like just every single time. So I think that's, you probably, I guess that's probably, it is very similar to textbook George, where everyone knows like Yara's gonna like come home like so strong. And I didn't see it in, um, even recently at Portland. I heard you had like a crazy uh, big was, kick there as well. I heard you yeah, came from so far back. <laughs> I was like in eighth place, and like the whole race, I was like, "Ugh, I'm doing terrible." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like I got to like that last like 200, I was just like, "But like, what if we just went a little bit faster? Like, yeah. we're almost done. Like, you know, we're probably not gonna win, so just just go for it." And then I just yeah, really popped off there for some reason. But. It, yeah, it was all. It was all. <laughs> I remember who's I did. Someone sent in the group chat your finish. Your, ce- your celebration of the finish was amazing. It was awesome because, <laughs> particularly after um, the setbacks with not making NCAA's and like injury, and then been able to run under three thirty-five and just kick down like Grant Fisher again <laughs> and another amazing field. The celebration—it was just you could feel it as an athlete. It's like, oh, I love that. Like it was just a lot of energy that was uh, pretty awesome. And we signed you at that point. So when it got sent in, we're like, yes, we were, we were so hyped. <laughs> we were so hyped up. I think it was in St. Moritz when I when we saw that. But. Um, it was yeah, it was it was phenomenal. So yeah, um, yeah, having that that signature move is going to be pretty cool to see that uh, in the coming uh, coming years under Coach well, Ritzenhan. The weird I don't know thing, if I want to be in a race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other weird thing with Yared is now now that we're talking about that being his signature move is his other signature move is just to run really quick from oh, the, the front. front. Yeah, you can do both. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, because Yared yeah, has no. set two NCAA records, records essentially solo in right? the prelim. In the prelim, ACC's prelim. Can you tell me about that? Like, what? Did what you, came over? Yeah, you? why did you do that? The prelim's like, actually so, smart. Yeah, no, it yeah. is. That's why I want to know. Like, what was going through your head with your coach? Basically, like, because we went to Oregon Twilight, like, literally the week before, and we were like, okay, we're gonna get like under three thirty-five, get the world standard, and you know, uh, collegiate record and whatever. And we go out there, and like, it was just. I should have, like, went out there right behind the pacer, but I didn't, and, like, I forget who was in front, but they weren't really up with the pacer, so we didn't run, we ran, like, 335-something, and I was just like, well, that sucks, I was definitely feeling good enough to go do that, and yeah. I thought I fell during that race, so I was like, dang, I really just want to, <laughs> <laughs> just want to come back and have a good race, and my coach was just like, what if we just did at ACC's, and I was like, what, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, like, you did the prelim, it's nice weather, and, like, 
you know, if you don't, if it's going badly, you just stop. No one's going to notice. So yeah. it's just like, so stop. You just jog it in if yeah. it's not going well. Yeah. It's just like, you're definitely fit enough to go do it by yourself. And it's just like at 800, if it's not working out, then just, you know, he's off a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so we go into that race and I'm like feeling pretty good and 800 it's on pace. And so I'm just like, okay, well, I guess just keep I just, going. <laughs> just gonna keep going and see where this goes. And it was funny cause I like pretty even split that race, but that last lap, I was like, I'm going so fast right now. And yeah. I was just like another 57. They were all 57. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, I don't know. There's just something about like being alone and unbothered is just very calming to me i'm just like me myself and all this pain i have going at it and that's all the pain just all the pain i have by myself yeah i don't gotta deal with, with it on my own other people all social anxiety that's great. Like, ah, get this out of here I, I feel that a lot actually that's awesome and i feel you, that too actually yeah then you came you did that in the 3k as well which oh, yeah. was another crazy thing i think before we get into asking more questions about pro running so I do want to ask about that. I would like to ask about your final year of college, how you've approached it, because the weird thing is you you came off, I mean, since 2019, just you went into the blaze that year and then you were just absolutely crushed. And then you actually had some pretty big challenges this final year, which was like kind of wild to go through. What was your approach like in the last, I guess, six months or so when things weren't going your way? Yeah, it was definitely, definitely pretty tough because I'd say I had like a pretty fortunate first few years of college like I didn't really run into any issues and so especially like coming to this last track season I really wanted to just go out there get everything I had and just like finish well and you know I wasn't able to achieve like a lot of what I want to achieve but it was still a big part of that just like kind of shaking it off and remembering like you know I'm still me at the end of the day and I think that's so hard for a lot of runners and was even difficult for me kind of dealing with that the first time but you know it's just like coming in to outdoor after after everything, I didn't wasn't able to go to NCAAs. I was kind of just like, man, that really, really sucks. Mm. But, <laughs> you know, it's just at the end of the day, it also makes me just more excited about the next time I get to race, which was, you know, that Portland race. And it's definitely difficult, but I'd say that's why it's just important to have a lot of people that you care about just, like, hyping you up constantly because it's really important to just kind of get that feedback when you're kind of in your head a little bit. Yeah. So. I mean, it's easy when things are going well. When it's not going well, that's when you actually get – challenge and stuff so Mm -hmm. obviously it's very difficult but you've been doing a great job at navigating it what was the what was usa's like coming off all that yeah i felt i'd honestly after portland i was like oh man i'm back like that was uh (laughs) that was a big like all self-doubt disappeared i'm ready to go for it and you know after that prelim i was still feeling good and you know even going to that final i was like in my head i'm like this is like my the greatest my mindset has been in a while i'm i'm gonna go out there and kill it and i didn't but still at the end of the day it was just more of a you know, after all I've been through, it's not surprising that I would struggle probably after a prelim. So, um, you know, I, I felt pretty good. Even afterwards, I was like, well, I feel like for what I've been doing, that's still a pretty decent way to kind of end it out. Not decent way to end it out, but I wasn't like super, super upset because at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, I'll yeah. go out and race again probably later this summer. So, yeah. Yeah. back to that point, I feel like was important after not making it in A's, like making the u.s final and and looking like a contender again even just for like your mental state is important Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i think yeah it's i don't know it's just you're gonna have these challenges and at the end of the day if you this is the most cliched thing i say a lot of cliched shit but if you try your best as you said after the race you're gonna be disappointed but then you're you're gonna come around pretty quick because you're like i gave it everything i had and i probably 
probably faced a lot of new challenges and stuff and yeah it's you can't really be that mad about that but yeah so moving on to now you're a pro runner pretty cool congrats oh, thank well, you. Well, welcome to the first team. impressions <laughs> <laughs> yeah. being a pro runner <laughs> who's your least favorite my least favorite yeah. um who's your least favorite on the team straight off the bat can you look my most favorite first yeah my favorite person by far is gonna be the intern avery we can leave it we can leave it at that so we mention avery sometimes uh he's our intern he lives with us for the summer he's pretty chill dude yeah, yeah. yeah he's like he, he slipped, he slipped through yeah. practice this morning he was on the couch <laughs> while we were in practice he, he was, was just asleep he was getting in training he was getting recovery yeah. um, but he's a big he's a big uh, anime fan adventure time fan and you share the uh, fan. adventure time yeah. fan too as well he's got a cool shirt yeah um i mean that's what it's all about really isn't it cool yeah. shirts good vibes, good vibes so yeah um, all right so avery gets most favorite a little jealous that's fine i mean i'm, ha- <laughs> I'm happy with that, that answer um but yeah what, what's your first impressions on uh, on boulder like you you've, you've come in you kind of got to run with us today. Got to check out the gym. Um, different from South Bend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, very, very different in many different ways from South Bend. <laughs> Definitely a lot, a lot of steps up from just where I was, just in a physical location sense. I feel like, you know, being up here, I was kind of worried about altitude and just, you know, I don't know, getting to used to a new place, but. Even my first run today, I was like, oh, I don't feel super terrible, and, you know, the weather's nice. Everyone was, like, saying, they were like, oh, it's kind of humid. I was like, no. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not humid. That's cute, but it's not. <laughs> and, Definitely uh, not from Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, was coming from, you, you were coming from uh, Kentucky, right? Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky was my home, and it got pretty hot and humid the last few days I was there just to really spite it to me, I feel like. <laughs> What's um, hot and humid for Louisville? Hot and humid is, like... 90 high 90s and then like probably 70 percent humidity it's gonna feel pretty good here for you yeah it's been it's been pretty nice so pretty happy about that i like the new house so you got to see the gym what do you think about gym the gym it's it's pretty nice it's kind of like it's like close but in a comfortable way yeah Yeah. it's compact but it's it's got everything nice and cozy nice and cozy cozy. cozy. yeah Yeah, i like that yeah yeah Um, but Have you so have you trained altitude before? Like not obviously in college, but no. Did you get up in the summer? You've been here. I've been here, and I went to Flag for like, but those were like three, four day trips. I've never been just for fun. And especially (laughs) Flagstaff was terrible. I was actually dying in Flagstaff. Like I couldn't get through like a six mile run. I was just like, this is. Was there anything to do with the altitude? It was the altitude. The drinking? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because a hundred percent the altitude. (laughs) I don't want to expose him on the podcast, but I might because it was my house. (laughs) We've all had these stories. We've all had these. There's this wood on the street. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there at my house. I think I don't know where I was actually, because I, I wasn't going home during the summers. Who knows where I was? But it was heard that you might have made a mess of my sink at some point. Yes, I, I was honestly very proud. I got it in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of you because most people don't. <laughs> because right. they they just they gave me the nastiest IPA I've ever had. <laughs> 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 they're like, we're out of whatever you were drinking before. Here's an IPA. I was like, I don't really drink these. And they're like, no, just try it. And I was just immediately repulsed. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> so, I apologize for, for exposing you like that. No, no. It's all right. No, it's good. Now we can make the title of the video, Yared Nagoose Exposed. Get <laughs> <laughs> that, that clickbait going. Get the clickbait going. No, well, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it, Yared. It's uh, 
it's pretty. Uh, it's only day one. So. It's only day one. Yeah. Could could change. Oh, downhill. Could here. be questioning your decision mm-hmm. after a week of living with these three knuckleheads. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than the pro running, uh, tell us a bit about what what you'd like to do like out of out of running. Like now that you've graduated college, is there anything like in particular that you're interested in, passionate in? There are a, a few hobbies I've really wanted to pursue. My my first being drawing because. I um I took like one drawing class in college and I like made these two portraits of insects like a bee and a monarch butterfly. Wow. And I was just like I just want to make more portraits of insects. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm I'm going to buy some paper one of these days and I already have all my drawing stuff with me and then just kind of my next stop is a ladybug. So it's just I never really had time at all because I was so focused on like school and doing well in that and I was such a huge nerd and I still am and so now that I kind of have more time to kind of do that I'm just like oh man I'm just gonna get messy and then yeah. make like tens mistakes because that's just what drawing is but awesome. I really really want to do that the most what's um, the what's the like, a, like what 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 insect would be like the one like the Mona Lisa what's the what's the one insect that you like I really want to be able to draw it but I can't just yet it's honestly, I feel like the bee was my peak. Bee? I yeah, love cool. you already just, peaked. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my bumblebee was just like he, like it was just the cutest thing I've ever drawn. And I just like I was kind of copying this other artist's style, and I just loved how it turned out. And I also just really loved the color yellow. It's my favorite color, so I was just like you know. Um, so I was talking about like with the color theme for the rest of my insects. So I was gonna go red, green, blue, and purple. Oh, that's um, sick. And just kind of have a little rainbow yeah. of insects there. <laughs> Gus agrees. Nice. More, more rainbow. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to see pictures of those. Those are going to be so sick. Uh, we're going to have to have a little drawing parties out I here. I mean, yeah, because I think uh, you draw it. quite a bit too. too uh, I don't really. I, I would like to draw more, but I get distracted to do other stuff. But I have a couple of sketchbooks. So I, if, if, you, if you start drawing, that will be a great influence on me. And then I'll start drawing again. And we can all just be happy. Sounds like a good plan. The other thing which Yared has uh, is questioning right now is whether or not he brings his pet tortoise. My tortoise, yes. It has been a a highly contested topic for me lately because so I I didn't really have anywhere to put him, so I kind of put him at home. But my parents hate him. No, so what? what? <laughs> my parents aren't animal people. Like we had a dog and it's just this tragic story of what happened, but long story short, my mom got rid of him. So like it's <laughs> it's just they don't really cuz they're they're from Ethiopia, they're immigrants and so the animals for them are more of a serving a purpose than a why is this animal inside my house? Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're kind of getting tired of him, so I'm kind of just like I just need you to wait a little bit longer for me to kind of figure out my house situation before I go and promise I'm going to bring him here but um there's honestly like a lot of nice outdoor space so as long as I can like I was kind of thinking if I can just like protect him from raccoons with like a net or something mm-hmm. over the top of his enclosure it'd be very feasible to bring him out here so can they survive cold weather as well no but <laughs> <laughs> he hibernates so okay. I usually hibernate him um from like November to February or just whenever it gets cold here. It's a pretty know. easy pit to have. That's you amazing. Have to, you know, yeah. like, no, literally, months. like, hibernation is just, I take him, put him in some soil, and throw him in the fridge. And <laughs> Wait, are you being serious? So, yeah, That's by the way, I'm, I'm gonna, probably going to get another fridge specifically for him. But, <laughs> yeah, he needs his own fridge to hibernate in because the fridge is, like, the perfect temperature. It's, like, 32 to 50 degrees. Yeah. And 
basically all you do is you throw him in there, you check on him to make sure he's not sick or dying or whatever every week, and then put him back in. And then wow. it's just a chill winter. What's his name for the audience? His name is Tyro, uh, short for tyrosine, my favorite amino acid. <laughs> Pretty um, cool name. You are a huge nerd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, You'll in, find man. out more later. It gets worse. <laughs> Nodes are 100% in. I'm loving the name. I would just love to see the interaction between Gus and yeah. Tyro. Yeah. I, I mean, do you think they would get along? Do you think Gus would try to eat him or something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how Gus would react, honestly. Uh, has he met any other animals? He's met... Um, my other roommate had a cat, uh, but... And so he was very eager to kind of like walk up to this cat and like try to eat the cat because he tries to eat everything. <laughs> he tried to eat the cat. So he, <laughs> he kind of was like walking up to the cat like really fast and that scared the cat. So poor Murphy was just fleeing the scene whenever we brought him out. <laughs> um, but I think like Gus doesn't seem that afraid. So No, yeah. Yeah, Gus, Gus, I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know. There's, a, there's a few things he is terrified He's of. He's terrified of um, vacuums, 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 scooters, and scooters. Loud noises. Loud noises. Mm-hmm. He, I think he'll be okay, but I, I'd love to write a comic because you're good at drawing. We should yeah. write a comic of the adventures of uh, Tortoise and the Bulldog. Yeah, Tyrone yeah. Gus. <laughs> like, just a Bulldog and a freaking Tortoise hanging out, bro. That'd be go some, real good yeah. go some good adventures. Both pretty slow animals. <laughs> pretty chill. I'd say Tyro could probably beat him in a race. Oh, 100%. 100%. Man is actually very fast if there's food involved. Oh, he will, like, that. sprint across a thing. Just oh, I'm very excited to meet him. We yeah, could, yeah. We could, uh, if he comes here, we can get him on the pod. Yeah. Ask his questions about how, how he has been treated. Would, would he just sit on the table and just relax, or is he... No, he would try to, like, eat our fingers or something. Oh, <laughs> eat the wires. He's just, like... He's honestly, like, eventually, he'd, like, calm down, just kind of, like, sit around, but... It, it'd take him like a few minutes <laughs> I want to meet this tortoise man yeah I'm excited that sounds amazing yeah. um, I have to say it again the the similarities between Yarrod and T-Day are blowing my mind Tyler Day Tyler, Tyler Day. Day for, for uh, reference both own tortoises both of them don't drink coffee and the way Yarrod said it this morning that he runs on water and willpower that's the exact kind of thing Tyler <laughs> would say both like lanky runners yeah I mean, that's crazy, dude. That is all you need, water and willpower. Cause yeah. <laughs> it's it's worked pretty well so far. Yeah. Keep, keep that bad boy going. Um, yeah, that's a good comparison because I love T-Day. Yeah. <laughs> final, final cliched question from Morgan. What are like your aspirations like over the next couple of years running as a pro? Mm. Well, I think I really... Well, one, I really just kind of want to like get really good at the mile. I don't want to move up to the 5K too quickly. That's my man. <laughs> my man. <laughs> um, but like just specifics wise, I really, really kind of like get on the world's team next year and just like, especially like at the Olympics, but I guess versus worlds and just kind of, kind of get used to competing at that level. So like when I come back the year after, I can like really feel like I'm in contention to like get a medal or something because. I think I've shown like, a lot of talent early on, and with just under Dayson's coaching, it seems to be coaching you guys extremely well, at least from what I've seen. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll have a decent training partner right, in a yeah. while. He's, he's all right. And, you know, just, yeah, training with Ollie's going to be really, really fun. And so, yeah, um, 100%. Just kind of, you know, really just getting at it and just kind of seeing what I can do because I feel like this is the, you know, final step, obviously, in running. So, just kind of going out there and giving it everything I have and finally seeing what I'm really capable of. At the, at the top of the top. I mean, I'm going to train with Yarrod. I'm going to try and push him to break Alan Webb's mile record. That's my plan. Oh, I want, I want you to take good. that record down. So <laughs> if I can help you do that as a training partner, I'm here for you. So let's do it. That'd be pretty sick. That'd be pretty sweet, I think. What was it? What, 140, 346? 346. 
Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. Do it, do it, we'll just do it in Oslo. I can see the yeah. two of you doing it. Get, get on the back of Ingi, and then we'll just outkick him at the end, and then we can <laughs> then we can have a finale of the last hundred. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not going to be fun for me, but um, yeah, no, nah, we're excited to have you, and uh, it's going to be awesome the next few years just watching you uh, go on to Dayton's training and hopefully be able to put up with us. So. It's going to be exciting. See Getting thrown into your first yeah. workout tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, with second Morgan. Day, second day here. <laughs> Wait, we're working out together tomorrow? Yeah, we are. Huge. Let's I'm go. very scared. Straight, straight <laughs> into it. No, I'm not that good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be scared at all. Huh? But uh, that'd be sweet. Have a training partner again. Yeah. yeah. That'd be dope. Um, so I think that's mostly it. Well, the one other rumor that we want to talk about today is apparently Jerry Schumacher has got the Oregon coaching job. Pretty speculative. Well, we don't really know, but... But let's let's just let's just speculate here, because I love to speculate. You know, Ollie Who loves doesn't? to speculate. How is this going to change for for Bauman? Because they're going to move down to Eugene, and then if if Jerry becomes the head director and coach of U of O, he's going to be have an unlimited tap of just all these college athletes going through and just like, hey, just come to Bauman when you're done. You know, like it's going to be crazy for Bauman's recruiting prospects. Just to and Oregon's and Oregon's in Oregon's. Yeah, like that's going to be. And then wide. what about Ben Thomas? What's he going to do now? Is he going to be under Jerry, or is he going to be like, nah, I'm going to move on? Yeah, that's well, like the speculation the other, that Ollie has. The other speculation that we've been hearing for a long time is he's going to take over as OTC coach. Oh but yeah, I don't. It's <laughs> been speculation for like a yeah so long. That's I from your like. sources, isn't it? No, whose sources? No. Is I, that? Think everyone, sources? I think everyone. I think everyone's just everyone. Oh. I think it's just like it just seems like it would it's happen. It's a general rumor. <laughs> like as he has like, I don't know. It just feels like it makes sense for the type of coach he is to mm-hmm. to do something like that. But if Jerry gets just just the idea of someone being the Bauman coach and the Oregon coach just is mind-blowing and the weird thing about it is the Oregon job is the director of track and field so is that what is he really going to be the director of track and field because that's so different to just like coaching running like coaching distance running so that's a lot of responsibility and is he going to be recruiting the hammer throw Probably not. <laughs> I can't imagine he Seems will be. unlikely. Yeah, I mean, he's from, in charge of them, isn't well, he? Yeah, from what Ritz tells us, because he was actually a coach at Oregon for a little bit as well. They just have so much stuff there to take care of everything. So if you are the director, you pretty much do nothing. Yeah, you have people taking care <laughs> of all that stuff for you. So, but even even just coaching, like how many people are in Bowman? Like fifteen or whatever. For at the, least, at least, yeah. And the then men teams massive. If he's coaching, let's say hypothetically, he's maybe only coaching men's distance and not women's. Then that's another twenty athletes, and he's obviously going to have to be at or all this Oregon stuff. I mean, the Bauman people are, are away on training camp. And maybe Bauman has to get like a new assistant coach to help out as well. But they already have one, don't they? Well, a new one. Oh, another one. Yeah, just like more more buddies to to help out with I'll it. Get, get my resume out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get this middle distance team back on track with Bauman. Yeah, all he's gonna take over is Bauman's middle distance coach. They just gotta sign up for final surge, and I'll coach <laughs> him with Avery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. put Avery yeah. in that group. <laughs> yeah, my my rule request: Avery goes to Bauman. Yeah, one thing we didn't mention about Avery as well is that Ollie coaches him, and he gives him. Uh, he gives him just, you give him just like a lot of workouts similar to what we do. Yeah, I just like. <laughs> Try and simple, sim- make them simple. But I mean, Avery's been training well. He just the problem with Avery. Oh, except is, for yesterday. Well, yesterday I had to go pick him up. He was like literally three. I walked three miles because he didn't tell Dathan that he was only running ten. And um, I think for that, I just got to tell him like, dude, you got to communicate with my coach. And then I, because I knew he was doing ten, but yeah, he's just he needs to eat better too. We're, we're getting that sorted. He only eats anything that's yellow. So yeah, why? 
That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Great Cheese pizza, okay. chicken tenders, fries. Anything else? That's it mostly. But yeah, I think um, it'll be very interesting to see when if if we are already hearing about this Oregon job, it'll be interesting to see when it gets announced. It seems like USA is just a huge gossip. Yeah, it, it is. I don't think that came out after everyone got back from USA's. Yeah, <sighs> I love it. I wish I was there. Down. And I'm sure Worlds will be similar now because everyone's going to be back together there, mm. back in good International old gossip. International gossip. That'd be crazy. Ooh. But Jakobinger Brisson to always see. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. But maybe. <laughs> what, what nah. would, you, would you want him on the team? Yeah, Jingy? I think he'd be great. I think he'd be so good on the team. Why would you not want Jingy on the team, dude? A four by mile. <laughs> 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 Not too shabby. <laughs> not too shabby. That we already well. we already now probably have guys that can run to 350. Now we have a guy that runs 346. Yeah. Easy, you know, with his vitamin water. Yeah. Can't wait for pin relays already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, don't, don't give a start. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, with that, I think that's it for that's episode it. Jordy, Jordy, cut it off. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, Yara, for Thank helping you, on today. Lovely to no have one. you here. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Easy peasy, keep it squeezy. <laughs>